Welcome to Bound by Books. I am one of your hosts, contemporary and suspense writer, Danielle Bannister. I also write under Danny Bannister. And today I am joined by my special guest, Randy Hunt. Randy is a main actor, director, poet, and playwright. Did I get everything? <laughs> there, there's, I'm sure there's more, but yeah, that, that covers the big ones. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bound by Books. Now, I've asked Randy on here today because we here at Bound by Books, we like to make some space for other authors' perspectives and, and get their insight onto different topics, things that maybe we can't talk to fully. And I've asked Randy here um, because we're going to talk about a sort of an interesting topic. But before we get into that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the many hats that you wear? <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I got to take a look at my hat rack and just see which ones <laughs> I've got hanging up there. Uh, yeah, so uh, I uh, I am an actor, director, poet, playwright, improviser, and uh, roller derby official, oh, yes, which has nothing yes. to do which yes. has nothing to do with writing or anything like that. But no. uh, yeah, I'm an on-skates roller derby official. So yeah, so I started acting uh, about 11 years ago, uh, like 11 years ago this month. And as a almost uh, middle-aged man at the time, and uh, I did a production of One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest. That was my first big community theater show and got the I got the bug pretty bad and uh, have done over 25 fully staged productions uh, in the last 11 years, plus a whole bunch of other smaller, various projects. So so it's been a lot of uh, theater in my world. Uh, I have directed a couple of plays, write poetry. And yeah, there's just kind of a there's a lot of I, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> Pretty much what it boils down to. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> now, I've asked you on to this particular uh, podcast because I wanted to talk about the idea of mixed media collaborations. And I thought that you could speak to that because you and I have worked on a mixed media collaboration. Now, what exactly do I mean by mixed media? I just mean two different sort of mediums that sort of come together. So it, it could be like a, a narrator, which is a common one. A narrator combines with an author and together they create sort of this audiobook. So there's there there are two sort of different professionals that that come together to create um a body of work. It, it could be a, a poet who has, you know, uh a musician come and put music to the background. You know, so it's just taking two things that are in the same arts, I guess, sort of genre and and putting them together. And so I ask you to write a play for the book that I was writing because I was writing a story about actors and I needed a play for them to rehearse. And I asked you, hey, do you have a play that I might be able to use? And you said, what? I said, uh, I have about 20 10 minute plays, uh, but uh, nothing, nothing of any length. Right. Uh, and so I sent them all to you and yep. let you read them. Yep. And, and, and I, then... yeah, I was going to brainstorm it and I was, I was going to try to make something work. I didn't know how, but I was going to make something work with those 10 little short plays. But then you uh, changed your mind. Yeah. 
I, I got thinking uh, that night or the next day how I, I didn't think that was going to work well for you. I thought that was probably, I mean, not that I don't have faith in your work, uh, but I figured that was probably going to be a big challenge for you, uh, especially given how different those 10 plays are. Right. Um, and so I thought, hmm, I've been wanting to write a full length play for a few years and just haven't had the the drive and the motivation to do it. And so I thought this maybe this is the sign and the time to do it. And so I messaged you back and I said, hey, why don't I just write one for you? Okay. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's like going to get groceries. You just write a list and you go do it. And go uh, do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's not quite that easy with writing right. a play. No, no. Uh, I made it, it did seem like that a at few first. Years. This wasn't something that just, you know, we whipped out. It was a, you know, I had just started outlining the project and, you know, you hadn't started. So obviously this this took some time and it took some effort and some collaboration, but it's something that that authors could be thinking about when they're when they're writing their own stories is like, are there any sorts of other creative types that I could collaborate with? Maybe I know an artist friend who could create a cover for me, who's, you know, a really good artist. Or maybe I I have a, a musician who could write a song that lives in the, you know, so I, it's a way for, for authors to sort of think outside of the box and collaborate a little bit with and maybe something that they're not an expert in, but could work with somebody else. And then you've got the benefit of sort of that cross promotion stuff. So you're, you're tapping not only, you know, your readers, but you're, you're tapping the, the, the people that are on the other side of that correct creative end. And you might gain a few new readers there and they might gain a few new, you know, people that are interested in their art now. So it's it's something that I think authors should should look into a little bit and see what what friends they might have that they, <laughs> that they and, could and maybe creatively. you can find maybe you can find something that's really unique. Like I don't think that there are too many collaborations like what we have done I, out there. Not heard be, of. I mean, I could be wrong, right? But uh, it's but kind taking of, yeah. a play and and mixing it with uh, you know a, a book a, a piece of fiction and having it all kind of work together, I think is a pretty unique thing. And and it was and it was a big jump for both of us. I mean, we both had to be like really collaborative and make sure that we each had our creative freedom. So that's, I guess, something that you would want to consider if you were going to do something like this is that you've got to figure out whose voice are you listening to? Are you making sure both styles are heard and who's compromising on what. So it's it's an exciting opportunity and it, and it can be a challenging one as well. And I know that for you that I, I sort of put some restrictions on you for this play that I needed because I didn't just need a play. I needed, you know, a play that had characters in their 30s because that's where my story was going to go. And I needed the male and female character to share an on-screen kiss because that was sort of where my plot was. But I think those are the, the only restrictions. But even still, I've limited you now. Now you have to have a romance in this particular play and they have to be a certain age. Did, did that Was that something that hindered you or was that something like, game on! No, but I mean, that might have been part of one of the reasons why I thought that maybe those 10 short plays would not work for you, because it just I think there was just too much of what you were trying to get accomplished that I didn't think would 
would would work well with that. So, uh, but you know, trying to write something romantic uh, was you know uh, a, a little outside the norm for me. Right. Uh, I don't think it was a difficult thing to do. It's just not something typical of what I do for work. Uh, I write a lot of comedies, uh, mo- probably ninety percent comedies and, yeah. and some, a little bit of drama. And this this play is a is a full on drama. Yeah. with some funny sprinkled yes. in because you yes. can't uh you can't just do two hours of right you need comic relief stuff. even in the heavy yeah. stuff for sure and i thought that that was very interesting because i did think i just i did assume that when you were writing this it was going to be a comedy which you know i'm i'm writing a, a light you know sort of rom-com so you know uh you know i thought maybe like a comedy of errors sort of play or something but what you what you ended up delivering ended up working so much better for what my my theme and of of the story was i was able to sort of pull from the themes of your play into the themes of my character of what my character was going through so i was able to bring a little of the heavy to the rom-com part and and sort of balance that out a little bit i think so it was it's funny how the expectations weren't what we thought they might be but it I think turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> I, I think so too. And it was a lot of uh, give and take there. It wasn't just yeah. um, uh, me feeding you things that would work for yours. You were feeding me stuff that helped my side of things too, because uh, you know, some of the romance stuff, I, I, I didn't know <laughs> what I was going to do. Um, right. But uh, you know, you, you wanted uh, uh, at least one steamy scene. And I think I, I think I gave you, you something to work with. Yo, dad, yo, dad. And, and that's that's sort of the challenge, too. Right. I mean, if you're if you're going to collaborate with somebody else, you're also taking that opportunity to start learning about something that's outside of your norm. And that that sort of helps feed your creativity and projects later on. It helps you learn a little bit more about a medium that you maybe didn't know before you're getting an education that that maybe you can then put into another project down the line. So it, it's all sort of an investment in your career. You might not get the same like turnaround times that that you're used to because you're not just working on your own schedule. Um, you're you're now collaborating with somebody else, and art and creativity takes time to do, and it depends on the medium. It you know, so you can't you know expect your your other creative partner to be able to work on your schedule so i would say if you're planning something like this to just take that into consideration um when you're planning that maybe have a a flexible uh release day versus something set in stone so that you know that creative muse (laughs) can (laughs) can be loosey-goosey as she likes to be sometimes yeah and i think this was uh i think this is just about three years we're coming up on three years that the, yeah. because it was the end of December 2019 right. when this conversation happened before the pandemic. Th- some of that was my my fault, though, too. Yeah. I sort of started changing when I wanted to release things because I had to sort of change my schedule around for certain things. Certain projects needed to to take priority. Right. Yeah, and it wasn't it were- wasn't a. It wasn't right. a crammed tight three years right, for sure, right, right, right. but it also gave me the flexibility to do some test readings with some groups, uh, have them give me some feedback, do a whole bunch of rewrites, <laughs> read it with them again, get their feedback again, uh, cut out whole scenes because they didn't like it or add stuff in because they thought that it needed it. Uh, and that takes time. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that 
uh, your schedule had to change a little bit somewhere in the middle there it worked out well for me because it just it, it took a little bit of pressure off uh, uh, off of me from having to get that done on a hard deadline. <laughs> yeah, hard deadlines are, are tricky, no matter what, you know, sort of creative passion that you're following, it can sometimes scare the muse away and and whatnot. But I did feel from the very beginning that we just both decided, you know, when it's ready to come out, it will come out and, you know, we'll we'll take all the time we need. You know, if you had said prior to me setting a release date, mind you, if you had said to me, you know what, I really need another pass through of this script. Can we, you know, have another month or two? I would have been like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll move things around. So collaboration is very much dependent on being flexible with people and, and what they need for sure. <laughs> well, especially when you have two very busy people. So <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're trying to line up schedules. Of when do I have time to work with this person? When are they going to be free? And it's, it's, it, I, I feel like I have to lift up a, not only did you lend your hand to the script for this, um, but I was also able to, because you put it in your script, some of your poetry as well. So we've also, we've got a, a play and poetry in a novel. How was that experience for you, <laughs> putting your own poetry into this play? Because you had written the poems first, right? Right, yeah. And then... Yeah. You inserted them, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, you talk about mixed media. So here we're throwing another thing into the works. <gasps> and that was not uh, anything I'd planned. Uh, it just kind of happened organically that, um, you know, to, to drive the romance part of it, I thought, well, you know, I, I write a lot of poetry. Most of it is lovey, love-based, not lovey, love-based, oh. romance type Sentimental. of stuff. Sentimental sentimental i used that to say hmm uh i need this romantic these romantic moments to happen in the book maybe there's something i can use from my poetry to help that character move his process along if you will i picked out three short poems they were uh so i write micro poetry is mostly what i do and micro poetry is uh uh Poems that fit inside of a tweet, which are 280 characters. <laughs> when I first started doing it, it was 140 characters. Uh, so, you know, it was very, they were very short and succinct. And now they're uh, a, a little less short and still succinct. But you, you'd be surprised what you can do with 280 characters. Sure, uh, it, sure. it, you, you certainly have to get uh, clever with uh, how you word things and how you space things. It's and all a that great, stuff, so. it's a great writing exercise. I mean, flash yeah. fiction is, it's sort of the same way if you've given yourself a, you know, a, a word count that you've got to convey something within 50 words or something, you'd, you'd be surprised how quickly it teaches you economy <laughs> of, of words and, and, and so forth. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you also, I don't know if it's still active, but for a while there, you had a Twitter account for the character in the play, yes? There is still a Twitter account for is the character really? in the play. I yes. haven't looked recently. Awesome. Yeah. See, this is the kind so, of meta stuff that's so fun that you can do and play with, right? <laughs> so it's one of those things that I thought, you know, if he's going to write this and it's happening uh, in my world on my Twitter account, maybe I can time this out to have him tweet. So it's all under his name. Uh, it was kind of a little Easter egg thing. So your re your reader, your listeners are kind of getting a little sneak peek into how my brain works. Uh, but uh, 
in real time based on when my character is released from prison, which is how my play starts, uh, kind of through this romance that happens, uh, including these three poems that come into play during the play. And in your book, they are all in real time based on uh, his his life at that time. So at, at Poet Nick Wells. I was going to ask if you wanted to give that information yeah. out. I wasn't sure if you wanted to divulge yeah. that. And if you want to look at my stuff, it's at Micropoet Randy. So perfect little plug right there. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I, and I think that's such a, a fun way to, to sort of market stuff as well. I mean, you could totally, if you were starting to, you know, market your play and you wanted to get some interest in, you could be like tweeting, you know, things out and then sharing it on your Facebook and, you know, you can cr be creative like that. Right. And, you know, you're promoting the play, but you're using poetry to do it, you know? So there's lots of ways that you can sort of play with different mediums that maybe you're not an expert in. I am no poet. I've only written a couple of poems in my lifetime, but you could tap a poet that you might know or, or find a friend or shop around for, you know, there are poets everywhere. Find a find somebody that that might be able to work with you, um, because the reason I wanted to use an actual script in in the play was not your, your entire play is not in this book. It's not a complete start to finish. There are just chunks of what they're rehearsing and, and talking about. And so there were threads of it in there. And I wanted to have something that was original. I didn't want them rehearsing, you know, something that. I didn't want them rehearsing Romeo and Juliet. I've done that. I don't need to do that again. You know, I, I wanted, and I, and I didn't want, you know, copyright infringement. And so I wanted to, to find some sort of person who might've been crazy enough to want to sort of collaborate with this. And so you do have to kind of think about those types of things in terms of, you know, you can't just pick a song that you want to use that you hear on the radio and throw right. it in your book. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, you have right, to right. have, you know, the uh, express written consent of, you know, the artist, so on and so forth. So, but it's a fun way to sort of play with whatever, whatever creative path that you're on. That could be writing. It could be whatever. Right. I mean, so just something fun to think about. Um, I did want to say that, that, that something that, sort of, I guess, excited me about writing this book was that a collaborating with another artist because writing is a very lonely <laughs> and cave-like sort of process. You, are, you have no feedback, really, until it goes to an editor. And then they're usually just shredding your work and making you feel like garbage because you forgot how to <laughs> you know use the right your and you're like I know how to use the word your I don't believe I spelled it right you know so you don't really get the feedback to know are you on the right track are you doing things in the right way talk to me a little bit about what that process was for you to have somebody to sort of collaborate with because I helped you know I was reading drafts of your play you were reading drafts of my novel we were both sort of giving each other feedback to make sure that we were both able to lift the other project up talk to me a little bit about how that collaboration was for you oh for sure yeah so we uh when i came up with the first draft i i, I 
I, I think I did it in scenes. I think I sent you scenes as I as I was doing it. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, are those good O's or, or not? Uh, and, uh, you know, you gave me a lot. You gave me so much feedback that was so helpful. Uh, it, things that I didn't think of. You know, when you write a 10 minute play, uh, it's very very different process yeah, than writing sure, a full length sure. play and that's what that's what i had to learn uh, a lot of times with my 10 minute plays it's um i i sit down and i write it and it's done and yeah. i only go back if somebody says hey you you did your instead of your with you know whatever right. uh and for you it's it's i i <laughs> yes it's is my problem exactly uh so it's it was it was nice to have that kind of two-way street because you were also writing chapters and mm -hmm. sending them to me and uh and i'm just like give me give, give me more and so uh i i finished my first draft about two months into it so it was like the end of february so it was just like weeks before the pandemic right. uh and uh you came along with your red pen, your e-red <laughs> <laughs> e pen, and, uh, you know, really gave me a lot of feedback on, you know, well, this doesn't make sense or or uh, you said this here, but you said this completely different thing here. That doesn't make any sense. Or you corrected my it's errors um, or, or I even don't, I don't even... know many grammatical rules. That one I know. Let me have that one. But, but you also, um, uh, honestly, you came up with a few lines of, you came up with probably more than a few lines of dialogue to help <laughs> me uh, in my script as well. So, uh, so you've, you, you've definitely helped uh, in places where I, I didn't feel as comfortable um, being able to fix an issue that I had. So uh, that was awesome. And, you know, kind of the other way around for you, you were sending me your your stuff. I was reading it and giving you feedback uh, and helping you proofread along the way. Oh, my God. Poor <laughs> Randy got, gets to see my early drafts, which are sometimes a little more than word vomit. I, I just tend to write and don't really think so much about, you know, spelling um, at all. And so I put you through the ringer. There's a reason I hire an editor. I come up with the ideas, but sometimes the words are wrong. <laughs> All right. They're just, they're just wrong. I make a valiant attempt. Spellcheck normally knows what I'm trying to say. It's just not something that happens in that first draft. That's, <laughs> that's later drafts that I, that I look. That was, that, that was fine for me because I, uh, you know, I, I love do proofreading. I do a lot of it at work and stuff like that. So I, I love getting my pe red pen out. That's right. That's uh. <laughs> That's a fun challenge and hopefully made your editor's life a little bit easier. Well, she uh, saw all of my stuff copy. that she had to fix. So, you know, there's, you know, <laughs> there's always something. Every time I think I send my editor, she's not going to find nothing. She always finds hundreds of things <laughs> that I've done wrong. <laughs> so I will continue to pay her. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you about, with with screenwriting versus 
writing a novel and you've never written a novel so you you can't really I guess speak to that part but with a novel you're able to you know you have your dialogue your characters are speaking but you can also have sort of their internal monologues and and you can process what they're thinking but they don't say and you can use that to your advantage and all of that in writing a play was that is that challenging for you where you have to convey all of the emotion in what they're saying because typically plays don't give a lot of like direction in terms of like what the character's doing you know the character puts his hands in his head whatever it is because that's sort of a directorial choice the the playwright's job is sort of to just put the words on the page was that challenging for you to to only only have the words to communicate what you needed yeah i I don't think it was too bad. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I had much of a struggle with it. I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it was really, it was too difficult for me. I, I, there were a few times when, uh, and I did get some, I did get some feedback during our readings that, uh, that I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, telling thing, I'm having my characters say things that happened before just for the sake of filling the audience in. And uh, uh, exposition is what we right, call that. Right. And so there is, there's a couple little moments where I did that, uh, but there's a whole bunch that I took out because uh, because of feedback that I got. So <laughs> yeah, you have to be super careful with uh, with exposition in, in the in the in the theater world and with, with plays uh, because audiences sense it. Yeah. Uh, they know they know yeah. when when somebody's going just telling you just so you're right. filled right. in, and right. that kind of helps. It hinders the illusion of what's happening in front yeah. of them. Yeah, um, and so. Yeah, so I had to avoid that, but I, I think for the most part, I after all the edits, I think in the state now, it probably isn't too bad. Right, right, and and I I guess one of the the other things that I wanted to talk to you about, and you might have forgotten about this, but <laughs> I don't forget anything. I don't know what you're talking about. You and I both don't have the best memories <laughs> i know i don't that's for sure and we both have to write things down a lot i and i think i i have come up with a, a reason why that is i think i think it, it dawned on me the reason we do not have good memories is because we are also performers we are demanded of having a short-term memory to learn things for a very short window and then throwing it away and so we're just trained to learn something for a little bit and then throw it away. And so <laughs> that's why we have memory problems. We've just been trained to memorize that way. So sure, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll with, go that. with that. Did, we'll go with was that. there ever a point in, in the project that you were like, oh, God, what did I say that I was going to do? Or Oh, constantly, you know? <laughs> constantly, constantly. I uh, my whole life depends on uh, everything Google uh, so anytime that I thought of something, uh, I had to pull up, open my phone up and make a quick note of it or, uh, uh, something like to that effect and, or write it down on a piece of paper, but I don't usually write down on, on paper anymore. Who do, who does that anymore? I do. <laughs> oh, you. I right. do. I do. <laughs> I do. I still have a paper photo. I'm old school. <laughs> now, I did notice in, in your script, you did take a lot of notes within your script. You would like put like dates of this happened on this date. This ha Is that something that that, that is uh, typical of a, of a play when it's in the, the revision process of, you know, finish the draft, whatever? 
you had like a list of sort of dates. Is that a normal sort of playwright thing? Or is that a Randy, I have memory issue problem and I need to write this stuff down or I'm never going to remember. Yeah, I think it was just a way of <laughs> me to keep track of, um, you know, where things I thought it was interesting. Happened. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of a cool and idea. I actually I put that on my, I, I think that. I put that on my website for the, oh. for the, for the book or for the play. Um, because I figured somebody might find that interesting. Um, yeah. Some people might go, he, it took you, it took you two months to write your first draft. Uh, it yeah, it took me two months to write my first draft. Because it's a it's a full act play. It's two acts. Yeah. It, and I I actually did three? a lot of my writing. Uh, I did probably sixty percent of my writing uh, at my local library because I just needed to get out of my house and somewhere really quiet. And uh, I'm thankfully have a gorgeous library down uh, down the road, just you know, not too far from me. And they have nice leather uh, chairs to sit in, and it's a big wooden high ceiling and it's just gorgeous and quiet and uh so I, I did a lot of my writing there and it was just it was lovely here's another possibility for sort of some cross promotion you go to that library and you say hey i actually wrote this script in this library in this spot would you shelve a copy of you know what i mean like you could you could do stuff like that you know you can think outside of of your creative boxes and you know, guess, maybe you're not. Guess what, I, guess what I have in one of my Google Docs? What do you have in one of your Google Docs? Visit my library to do just that. <laughs> See? And take, and take along a copy of your book. Well, you could do that. Yeah, that's kind of a fun thing. And who knows? The library may like, oh, that's a fun idea. We want to yeah. talk to you guys. But I mean, you never know what opportunities are available until you start. And when you collaborate with somebody... It's it's opening all these ideas that that maybe you hadn't thought of before on your own in your own little shell. So I mean, there are some cons, you know, the the time management piece. The you know you've got to collaborate, which you know some people might not be okay with that. But there are a lot of pros that you can associate with it as well. Has there been anything about this process that you're like, you know what? I would absolutely do this again because, or on the flip side, never again <laughs> because X, Y, Z. Uh, I, I think just the, the time commitment was, was kind of a big thing um, yeah. and being such a busy person. Um, the pandemic kind of helped in that sense because yes, I wrote the first draft uh, and finished it just before the pandemic, but there was a whole lot of work that I had to do after that all the revisions and test reads and uh and so the pandemic i had nothing else to do i'm a single guy in a 750 square foot apartment so i was quite alone for a very long chunk of time uh working from home and so uh that um that was helpful in the process to me and yeah. now that we can get out and kind of do things right um I think it might be a little trickier. Not to say that I wouldn't do it. I would absolutely. Right. Uh, if you asked me to do this again, I would totally. <laughs> I would totally do this again with you. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and that's the other piece too. Is trying to find people that you you like and you want to work with. You know that that's that plays a really big part of it for sure. Has it been weird for you to talk about your you know very serious play and how it's connected to this? you know, romance. Oh my God. Trying to explain 
trying to explain what we did is it, it, it's it's so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to explain no. what we did. Which is and, what I think is so cool about it. And I think if people read your book, and I think if people read or saw my play, they'd go, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, it I sense. think if they, I think if people read your book, they'll get it. They'll they'll understand what happened yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I love your book, by the way. I think he has to say that. He has to say I don't, that. I don't have to say that, but I'm gonna say it. it. Was it's a great book. It really is. Well, it was made great by a great play that my characters <laughs> could rehearse and 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 have fun with. Um, I am curious though, has has anybody uh have you put it out there to be produced your your script? Has has there been any interest in it? Are you keeping it close to the breast? What what's to do with it? Yeah. So I've sent it to probably I don't know, maybe six or seven uh play festivals around the country. Um, and some of those play festivals take, you know, upwards of a year or so before you hear back about anything. Uh, and so there's some that I heard back. Thanks, but, uh, thanks, but we're going with another option or, you know, there's a lot of that. Or or a lot of times you just don't hear anything at all. Uh, which, uh, so there's a spreadsheet to track those. Of course there is. Of course. And, uh, there's a few bigger ones that are more regional that I, I have a little more hope for. Um, so there's like some New England based stuff that uh, will only accept New England based yeah. writers, which helps narrow the field down just a little bit. So it gives it me does. a little bit more hope. Right, right. Um, but uh, uh, the the big news is, uh, yeah, so I, I had I had put it out to my home theater uh, what I call my home theater because I just right. done so many shows there. Uh, Schoolhouse Arts Center in Standish, Maine. Uh, cute little, uh, it's not even little, it's a cute uh, space. It's a, it's a former schoolhouse that has been turned into a really lovely uh, uh, theater space. Uh, and I proposed this and they said, yeah, yeah, I think we can do this in our black box stage you know which is up on the second floor and it's a small a 50, good space for it too 50 50 space yeah. uh 50 seat space and i went oh yeah that that that's great and then uh you know mid-september this year i got the artistic director pulled me aside while i was at rehearsals for something else he said we're gonna put this on the main stage next year yes. uh and uh it's gonna be for one weekend uh which, uh, you know, normally most of their shows run two or three weekends. Right. Um, and it's going to be four performances, but I am 100% thrilled with that. Like, to see this exciting. happen is, uh, there's nothing like it. When you see your your plays performed uh, for the first time, it just, it, you're, you're in goosebumps the whole time. Uh, so and exciting. I'm really excited about it. So, uh so by the time uh, this gets uh, pushed out into the world, uh, that announcement will have been formally made. Uh, it has not happened right now. So right. I can talk about it you on this podcast. You can talk about it because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I am so thrilled for you. And if somebody wanted to read the actual play, can they? Or is it? Yeah, so um, I am part of a... Uh, a website called the new play exchange or NPX, 
And uh, most of my plays are out there, good, good, a good chunk of them, including this play, uh, Inside Man is the name of it. And uh, it, is a, it is a pay service. It's a pay website. Um, but for a reader, somebody who just wants to go out and read plays, it's $10 a year. It's pretty... Yeah, it's like buying a book, and right. but you sure. you you buy You're buying lots of one scripts. book, and you've got thousands of scripts that you can read. And who knows so, if if there's an author out there who wants to do a collaboration like this, maybe they'll find a script on there that'd be like, "Hey, I wonder if this person would be down to do something like you know we did." Exactly. Never so know. That, you know, you, you put a lot of keywords and stuff, so you, you know people will find you in searches and stuff like that. So uh, I've had some of my other plays picked up from theaters who were doing readings or things like that and uh like during the pandemic i got i became part of a group because they had contacted me to say hey we found your play on npx we'd like to read it we're reading it on friday would you like to join us on zoom and i said sure and now for the last you know two years i've been joining them for their monthly readings uh which is awesome i have a whole new group of friends out there that's awesome Cause that's yeah. what you need. You need a bigger circle. You have got so I many, do. you I have do. so many people. You are, you're out there. <laughs> I'm a people person. You are. <laughs> Which is why the pandemic was really rough on me. Yeah. See, I was in seventh yeah. heaven. I was like, Oh no people. I don't yeah. have to go out. Oh, this is awesome. This is the best ever. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Well, I think that might, about do it for us. Uh, I, I I hope that this might have inspired people to, to think about, you know, what sort of mixed media collaboration they might be inclined to try. And you know what, you can check out uh, my book Waiting in the Wings when it drops on November 15th to kind of see how I did it. Maybe it'll give you some ideas on, you know, how you might try to do something as well. Uh, always, always trying to give authors some some new stuff to, to chew on and ideas. I uh, thank you, Randy. I know you're a very busy man, and I want to make sure <laughs> that you get back to your very busy schedule. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Bound by Books. And everyone else, I hope that we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.